about my field trip to the store to get coffee this morning. <laughs> As you know, I uh, am pretty sheltered, but this morning I was listening to the radio and it reminded me that it's Pride Month because it's June. I guess I'm still like, what month is it? What day is it? So never mind coordinating, you know, holidays or celebrations such as, as Pride Month. And there was a conversation between somebody that listened to the radio station and the radio station. And I loved what he said. He said, you know, Pride Month shouldn't be just about uh, gay brothers and sisters. It should be about just being pride for everybody. Everybody should be able to be proud this month. So I really love that message. So I'm sharing it with you and hopefully... You know, you can share it too. If we're all positive and celebrating just the premise of being proud and positive and loving towards each other, maybe it'll help dull out and drown out some of the negativity stuff that's happening. The other thing that was interesting about the man who said this, I only caught part of the story, but he was talking about how he hadn't told his best friend of many years, someone he was very close with, that he was gay. He never told him and he was scared to tell him. And the part of the story I caught is when he was, you know, saying, you know, I I finally told him I was tired of living a lie. And I guess this, the, the best friend was, you know, in the church and grew up that way. So the fellow was really scared of telling him, you know, because it may break the rules, that kind of stuff. So, What ended up happening was the best friend, you know, answered back. And and when the the fella asked, you know, will this change anything between us? The best friend's like, absolutely not. I will love you just as Jesus loves everyone. And I thought that was a beautiful response. And it's another um, reaffirmation of what I believe in, that those important people in our lives the ones that we should be putting our energy into, if we tell our truths, you know, they then have a choice of what to do with it. But I think as a general rule, we're going to be accepted almost every time. And accepting was one of our A words last night. So I thought that that was a a good uh, reminder or build on from last night's episode. So yeah, that that was my interesting ride to go get coffee this morning. All right, on to today's reading. And this is from Lee Silverstein. The the initial quote, passion is a noisy thing. Love lives quietly. Active addiction made our lives a series of jealous, angry rages followed by passionate appeals for forgiveness. We may even have grown to embrace pain like a lover, stroking our ever-present guilt. This was our life when it was empty of love. Our capacity for love to give and receive became misguided. Our drug of choice insisted on soul devotion and repaid us with despair. Sober love offers and requires appreciation and understanding. It allows us to step back a little and watch another's growth. It gives us hope both within and beyond ourselves. Sober love is not so much a feeling 
as a series of loving acts chosen freely. It is not ownership of another, but support for another's freedom. Today, let me free myself and others to love without fear. Oh, geez. I don't know what I want to say to you right now. Like, I know what I want to say to you, but I don't know if I want to say it. I, I get this reading. I can equate it to, you know, being married and, you know, looking for the the fights and the anger and not even so much about like fixing Davy or anything, but as excuses to go gamble. And the other thing that comes to mind is when it says here, our capacity for love to give and receive became misguided. Our drug of choice insisted on soul devotion. And that's absolutely it. The, the casino was my boyfriend for so many years. No matter what guy I was dating or was married to, it was that was who was like number one. That's where most of my time and energy went for many years. So I, I can really relate to that. And then it gets into, you know, sober love or recovery love offers and requires appreciation and understanding. And that really tripped me up. I've been evaluating the last three years as far as as my last relationship goes. And I try to not get hung up on this and and get too into detail on the air. Not for any reason other than um, if he did listen, I don't want him to think that I'm being passive aggressive. So I try to really keep that to to a dull, you know, try to use it when I can to share examples with you, but I try to not get into all that nitty gritty. But anyway, so sober love offers and requires appreciation and understanding. So this is one of my struggles and where I think that me and my ex were positioned differently. If I wasn't trying to, to grow and learn and evolve into a better person, I probably would have had a lot less patience and understanding in this relationship. Maybe not, you know, like if I if I understand addiction and depression and all of those things, maybe maybe I still would have been somewhat forgiven, but I don't think I would have tolerated as much as I did as it evolved and and some of that just came from you know, my belief had been addiction is a disease. Would I give up hope if this was cancer? Like that was just the way I processed it in my mind, no matter what school of thought we're from. So I I really took an empathetic approach and I thought I was doing appreciating and understanding and 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 building up us as a team, you know, like the way I understand it, if if someone's only given 20% today, maybe the other person picks up the 80%. So I had all these these ideas swimming around my head about what it should look like. And because I was new to having a clear mind and new to being vulnerable and new to having this, this relationship on this level that I've never, you know, I never had a spirituality practice before and and that came into play and I'd never been that honest with myself no one had ever known all my dirty little secrets the way he did so I'd never been in that position so I didn't know I don't want to say I didn't know 
I, I didn't, it was a learning curve. Like it, I had to relearn how to be in a relationship. I couldn't just pick fights and run to the casino or pick fights and get drunk. You know, like that kind of mentality. That wasn't what it was about anymore. And, and I'm still trying to, I don't want to say I'm hung up on, on the, the past of it, but I'm very skeptical of, of what, I don't know what, what comes next in relationships. You know, um, do I think I'm capable? Sure. Do I think that the way I operate as a human being and as a partner would be amazing right now? Yes. But do I know if I would shortchange any potential next mate because of the, the damage that was done? I don't know. That scares me. I think that I'm still in a place where I would question someone's motives or I don't know. I I would be very on guard and I, you know, I'm not so excited about putting myself in that position yet. So, um, you know, the other topic of just doing my own, my own work first, but I can see like this says, sober love is not so much a feeling as a series of loving acts chosen freely. It's not ownership of another, but support for another's freedom. So that's my expectation. I mean, I know from a what I receive perspective, I know what my expectations are and what I will or won't settle for. But how that gets interpreted will be a different, a different animal because until I'm completely uh, cured or I don't even know the right answer, but until I lose some of my cynicism about it, about what's the truth, you know, is it a bad day or is it, you know, they don't love me like, and I'm being exaggerating, but um, yeah, I got a lot to sort through on that and I'm working on it. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing about it. So yeah, those are my, my thoughts. Um, from a from a romantic perspective, it definitely was much easier to have a relationship with with gambling and have that a fear than it is to deal with men. Sorry, men. That's just been my experience. <laughs> I'm not good at compromise. I'm not good at being open. I'm not good at gushy feelings. I mean, it's definitely coming around, but those had never been my forte, which is part of why um, the loss of this last relationship I think hit me so bad is because I had, I had put myself all the way out there in a way I'd never had before, which is why you're hearing a little bit about it. Cause I don't think I'm still a hundred percent back to my normal self. And I don't know what my normal self is without gambling in my life. So that's part of the journey too. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that based on the way my life has played out. The universe will deliver me the perfect person at the perfect time. And I am not rushing the universe on that because I got lots to do. And like I said, I don't, I'm not a big fan of compromise. <laughs> so I don't want to share my time right now. Like I want to focus on my school and, and my stuff. So um, I don't, I don't want to participate. And hopefully by the time I'm done with all my projects and my classes, I'll be an even more evolved human or a better human and I will be a better partner when the time comes. I don't think I could be a, well, I could. 
on some level, but I'd still be confused and have this doubt stuff. Anyway, I'm rambling. So it's Happy Tuesday. The one last thing I want to share with you is yesterday, you know, I've been struggling at, at my work with my attitude. You know, if things don't go my way, I've had my pissy pants on, which is highly inappropriate, completely unprofessional. So yesterday I tried a new approach. I'm like, you know what? I believe in the universe and I believe in the law of attraction and which was another word from last night, which was fun doing the positive word game. But I believe in all this. So why am I not applying it to my day job? So why don't I go in there with the best attitude I can in the morning and then maybe I'll have the best day possible. And that's what I did yesterday. And it really did. It turned out to be that way. Uh, work was great. My, my class last night was amazing. I got about three or four different ideas yesterday that helped me achieve some of my goals, you know, as I put them into action. So that's what I want to leave you with, especially if you're listening to this in the morning. Go into your day with the, with the positivity and the, I'm going to kick ass today. I'm going to get this done or I'm going to deal with this tough person, but I'm going to do it, you know, what I'm control of, my attitude, my amazingness, all that stuff, and see what happens. See if your day is a little different. I will tell you that I 100% it worked so beautifully yesterday that uh, I already jumped on and, and sent them an email setting the tone for today as well. And um, it's good because we all deserve to be happy. We don't need to have bad attitudes and make each other's lives harder, which I was more guilty of than the other ladies. They're, you know, they've been putting up with me and I just haven't been showing up the way that I should have been or wanted to with them. So that's my thought. Go be positive and get some positive stuff back. All right, beautiful people. I'll talk to you tonight where we're going to do the letter B. Uh, social media is already blown up with everybody's thoughts. So I think we're going to have fun with that tonight. And we'll talk to you later, beautiful people.